Hey, what's up? Leslie Samuel here. I wanted to jump in right at the top of this episode to give you a little bit of background. This is an interview that I did last year with one of my coaching clients that runs a very successful digital marketing agency. Now, I did this interview before I transitioned to the Leslie Samuel show from blogging with Leslie. And the reason why I waited so long to post this is because it it is so good that I didn't want to post it during the transition. So what you will notice is I still call the show Blogging with Leslie. I say go to becomeablogger.com. When you hear that, change blogging with Leslie in your mind to the Leslie Samuel show, change becomeablogger.com to iamlesliesamuel.com, and then you can get to the show notes and all that good stuff. So I wanted to let you know that this episode. Man, there's so much valuable content in there, regardless of whether or not you're trying to start a digital marketing agency, you're going to get value from it, especially as we get into some of the details of how she did it and how she put systems in place and so on. I took notes and I am focusing on putting in place some of the systems that she described because they are so awesome and so helpful. So listen to this from beginning to end. You are going to get value regardless of what stage of your journey you're at. And that's, I think that's all I got to say. So on that note, let's go to the intro. 888-835-2414. This is Blogging with Leslie. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Blogging with Leslie, the podcast where you learn, I learn, we all learn about how to build an online business with a blog. No, I'm not talking about one of those blogs that will fall by the wayside when Google has a mood swing. I'm talking about one that will thrive no matter what gets thrown at it. I'm your host, Leslie Samuel from becomeablogger.com, where we're changing the world one blog at a time. And as usual, I have another exciting interview for you today. In today's interview, which is on episode 382, I'm going to be talking with Caitlin Studi, who is the owner and creative director of South Street and Company, a marketing agency that focuses on helping local businesses reach new heights with their marketing. Over the last five years, Caitlin has grown her business by providing services like strategic SEO, blogging, social media, design work, and review creation campaigns to expand digital footprints and drive perspective action. She is one of my clients, and I've been so impressed with how she has grown her business over the years. I wanted to get her on here to talk about what she did, the challenges she faced, and all of that stuff. I believe there are lessons that we can all learn about what it takes to build a successful business. So how she built a successful digital marketing agency, that's what we're going to be talking about today. Hello, Caitlin. Hello. (laughs) You see, now they can't actually see what we're doing but what we're doing is the hello chair that we start each and every coaching <laughs> session Listen, okay guys okay let me give you some insight here so caitlin is one of my coaching clients and she is the one coaching client where at the beginning of our call i'm just waiting like i'm waiting for her to log in waiting for her to log in and as soon as she logs in we do the hello <laughs> With our arms up in the air, too. We can't yes, forget yes. that. Arms, arms in the air. High up in the air because <laughs> of the excitement. Caitlin, I am so glad to have you on here. How are you doing? I'm doing so great. I'm so excited. Thank you. Oh, you are very much welcome. You're so excited. Let, let me ask you this. Let's just talk about something that's going on right now. So what is happening in your business? Is there anything happening in your business right now that you are just beyond excited about? Oh my gosh. Okay. So many things, so many things. So the one thing that I'm really excited about is with everything going on with COVID, I've had the opportunity to add so many new things and to focus on the business. And the one thing I'm really, really pumped about is the agency coaching side of things. So this is new. 
And I want to share with everyone how I grew my company strategically, a lot of bumps along the way, but how I got to where I am. Yeah, and I love it because, yes, uh, right now, the, the world is obviously going through a whole lot. And there are, you know, different ways to look at what's going on. There's the way of, oh, man, life sucks and all that stuff. There's a lot to complain about. And, you know, the, the reality is there is a lot that you can complain about right now. But I love when we can look at even these negative situations and find opportunity in it. Not to take advantage mm-hmm. of people, but to serve people in a better way. And that's that's exactly what you're doing. So I'm excited about that. I want to go back. I want to... I want to talk about Caitlin before all this South Street stuff that you're doing <laughs> now. So t- give us a little backstory. Who is Caitlin and what was going on before getting into this business that you're doing? Okay. So I graduated with a degree in marketing from the University of Central Florida in Orlando and then found my first job off of Craigslist, believe it or not, still still here, still surviving. Yep. It's holding on. <laughs> yes. And then I was, it was the easiest interview. My parents joked around and said that I went on a bazillion interviews and it was for a dermatologist. And He had never had anyone in marketing before. When I joined them, they had 10 offices in the two and a half years that I was there. I helped them rebrand the company, new logo, website, slogan, and implemented all of their digital marketing aspects. So I um, helped them double in size in the time that I was there. So when I left after two and a half years, they had 20 offices total, 17 in central Florida and three out of state. And I just felt like I reached a plateau. I didn't know how much more, how much further I could take them. And then I started um, working mornings, nights, and weekends to build this up on the side. So it took me a year to build it up. I put in my two weeks notice. I was the most nervous I think I've ever been. I was like shaking, handing in my resignation letter. And actually the, an amazing thing happened that I hadn't even considered. And he ended up retaining me for a year after with my new business. So he was my first big client. And after that, I just hit the ground running and found a, a fun office at the time and look for my first employee and then started growing it. Okay, this is this is this is exciting stuff. I want to dig a little deeper into um, you know getting this job and so on. Uh, so they were looking for someone to help them with marketing. Yes. And they hired you. Now you're yes. fresh out of college, I'm assuming yep. at this time. Um, mm-hmm. did you did you feel, you know, you you go to college, you learn about marketing and then you get into the real world. Yeah. Did you feel equipped at that time for the role that you were taking on? Mm, I did, but I didn't at the same time. Mm-hmm. So, but I will tell you, I printed out and read and highlighted all of the articles that I could. I got really great advice from a friend. He said, after you graduate, it's really hard to to keep meeting people and growing. So mm-hmm. join one professional group and one group for your personal growth to meet friends. And I started doing that and that helped a lot, but I read a lot of amazing blogs. And you know, the other thing that was really cool is he told me, he gave me swim lanes per se. He said, stay within these lanes. I don't wanna do this. I don't wanna do this, but I'm open to anything within here. So that enabled me to kind of test and see what worked for him. And then I ended up building websites. I ended up learning how to do SEO, learning about social media, learning about scheduling social media. Because, you know, remember, this was back before 2015 was when I left. So this was like 2013, 2014, Mm. when social media was just beginning to, to grow. Okay, so I I love this, right? Because like I said, you go to school, you study and all that good stuff. And now you get out Mm -hmm. in the real world. And what you did was you you pretty much educated yourself, uh, yeah. you know, beyond what the theory that you learned in class. You're reading the blogs. You're, you're I'm assuming, listening to the podcast. And cons- you're consuming all of this content to teach you how to do the things that you're doing on your job. And I, and I want I want people to I want people to listen to that, because if I were to think about everything that I've done since I started my online business, there was so much of that. There's the mm-hmm. studying, there's the reading, there's the going through the courses, there's the reading the blogs and listening to the podcast and all this kind of stuff. And it's still continuing today. Do you find yourself still um, doing similar things even today after doing this for so many years? 
A hundred percent. Even I, th- I feel at a heightened level. I'm reading a couple books right now in my company. We have a book club. So we read six wow. books together for the year. And then there are two conferences that are online that the whole company is attending and they have the choice. Hey, just choose a couple of lessons or um, seminars throughout these couple of days. But I integrate it into what the company does now. Oh, I, oh, I love that. So it's not just for yourself. But it's also for your company. Guys, listen Mm -hmm. to that. Listen to that. As you build your business, think about how you can help the people that are working for you. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's one of the things that has been big for me because my my assistant, she's awesome. Um, Mm -hmm. And I've invested in her. She's taken all kinds of courses and so on. And she was awesome. Now she's like, you know, super awesome. I don't know how to classify it at this point. (laughs) But it's because, you know... It's like continual professional development is yeah. how I look at it. Yeah. And another thing that a, a marketing agency owner who is actually female here in the Orlando area, I loved grabbing coffee with her. She gave me the amazing idea to give people a bonus based on the certificates that they complete. So like Google ah. Analytics, beginner and SEO course. So all of my team, they get bonused out based on that continuing education that they do. I absolutely love that. Okay, so you're listening to this. You're probably thinking, hey, I don't want to start a digital marketing agency or anything of that sort. That's not the point. Right now, (laughs) the point is, if you want to become a blogger, if you want to start providing coaching, if you want to build an agency, if you want to build anything, you got to continue to educate yourself. And as you build a team, Focus on help, making sure they're getting educated as well. That is awesome. Uh, okay, so you're doing this thing. You're, you're, you're learning about all this stuff and SC. Actually, so you said you helped them double, rebrand and double in size. How did, how did you do that? That's, that's not a, a simple thing. It sounds simple, but tell us a little bit of the details. How were you able to accomplish that? Yeah. So the other half of my job besides the digital marketing was going out and meeting with doctors who did refer or who could refer. So kind of like a business development person. So before me, they didn't have their website and all of their branding just wasn't memorable. So Mm. as everyone knows, you look at a green straw and you immediately think Starbucks. So I needed something that was memorable. And I worked with an amazing company to help take that company to that level. So once we did that, the doctor had already established his name within the community and, and everyone, he, be, he was really well known, which helped, but then pushing them online, starting to do search engine optimization, adding in an online booking option on their website as well. All of those things paired really well together so that he took advantage of moving into different areas. They had same day, next day appointments. So it's kind of a combination of all of those digital marketing efforts that really helped them. That is awesome. You said something there that stood out to me. Um, It needed memorable branding and you focused on that. You got a company to help with that. Can you tell us a little bit about that branding? Like what kinds of things did you take into consideration and what was maybe the result of that process that you went through? Yeah. Okay. This is one of my favorite things to talk about because it's (laughs) like night and day. I'm like, okay. Okay. So before just imagine it. Okay. Do you know, like imagine a circular stone that's like an old time, like Roman wheel. Okay. Okay. That's kind of what it looked like with a really funky M underneath of a G in the middle, but it was like brown khaki and burgundy. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. So it wasn't memorable. All right. So when we went to redesign this logo, we we knew and did research that women are the primary decision makers when it comes to making doctor's appointments for their families. So we wanted to put something feminine in there. Not only that, but we also needed to show protection from the sun because a dermatologist relates to skin. So the final logo ended up being the back of a silhouette of a woman sitting on a beach in a bikini, but she had a big hat on and an umbrella tilted to the side. And the coloring was super important too. So the coloring went from browns, khakis, and burgundies to white and teal. And we did a lot of research into teal and teal is a very calming color. And it also signifies there's a lot of medical practices that use that because one thing that the doctor wanted to portray was the the feeling of 
being comfortable. He wanted everyone to be comfortable. Everyone that he hired, it was really important that they um, talked to the person and understood them and took time with them. So having that come out of the logo was really important. And not only that, but now it was memorable. I love that. So even in the the coloring and what the logo says, you took into consideration who is the target audience, right? Who am I trying to reach? And if it's Mm -hmm. women, I'm pretty sure the browns, the khakis, and the burgundy isn't going to do a whole lot uh, to to bring them in. So even just thinking about those kinds of things, whether you are, you know, a blogger or anything, any, in any industry where um, you are, you're trying to attract an audience, you Mm want to think about who you're targeting. Uh, I, I absolutely love that. Okay. So let's, let's move forward a little bit. You now decide, well, actually at what point, did you decide, hey, you know, I'm going to start doing this on the side and mornings mm-hmm. and nights and weekends and that kind of stuff. What was the, the, the thought processes going into that? Yeah, it was probably after a little over a year and a half with the company. And growing up, my parents were always advocates of being an entrepreneur. My dad had his own business. My grandparents started their business back in the 70s and still run it today. So it was very much ingrained into how they kind of uh, brought us up per se. So I was introduced to this lady that had hired a marketing company and she was like, you know what? I I just don't know what I'm getting right now and I just need some help. I need clients to come in. So that was my first client in 2014. And the reasoning that I went in that direction was a couple of things. Number one, I applied to some jobs. Nothing really came of it. Number two, I am really passionate about helping small businesses and educate people because there's so many things online, so many different marketing methodologies and techniques that I really wanted to bring it back to the small business because I loved working there and loved seeing his company grow. And I wanted to do that for other businesses too. So it's kind of those two things. And then I started, I got that first client and I was like, okay, maybe I want to do this. But I was like, Ooh, I don't know if I want to start my own (laughs) business. That's a little scary. And it just kind of um, grew from there. She referred me to another person. Then I joined a daytime networking group, like a leads group, if anyone's heard of that. And then that was kind of the catalyst. People started knowing me, liking me and trusting me and then started referring to me. So it took me about a year to get up to that point, but there there was a lot of hustle that went behind that. A lot of, like I said, mornings. And what that means is it, is, it seems like easy when I say it now, like, oh, mornings, nights, and weekends. But what it really was, was waking up at five in the morning, working until 6.30, getting ready for work, working eight to five, and then coming home, working till 11 o'clock at night, and then working on the weekends too. So there were... I would meet with anyone and everyone and I didn't care if it was across town at eight o'clock at night. Yeah, I will be there just to get it up and going. Yo, I this, this is kind of bringing back <laughs> memories for me um, because it was a similar type of thing when I was teaching at the boarding academy where I was teaching, you know, wake up early, put in some mm-hmm. work, go to work, come back home, work. And it's like it. <laughs> It was insane. I mean, how yeah. how did how did that feel like um, doing all of that work and then doing all of that work? That's not, how, <laughs> yeah. how did how, how was that for you? Um, yeah, it was it was really hard. I mean, you look back at it now and you kind of like block out all the negative memories. But then when <laughs> I start taking a deep dive, I'm like. Oh man. And you know, I'm, I'm like, could I do it again? I don't really know because I feel like when you're just in it, I was so passionate and so excited. And people asked me too, they were like, well, weren't you worried that maybe it wouldn't work out? Honestly, that was never a thought in my mind. I just did whatever I had to do in order to get it to work. And then it started growing and growing, but I made, after I reached a certain point, I had to tell myself, okay, maybe it's time to hire someone because yeah. I can't keep working all of these hours again. Why were you, why were you so passionate about it? What about it um, gave you that drive to, to work in the morning and then after work and all that stuff? Why? Because I think it was mine and I wanted to create something that I was proud of and I wanted to be able to help the, the, I love teaching and I love helping people. So I wanted to help other small businesses that maybe didn't know what direction to go, just like I had helped him. 
And I, I'm just really passionate about pointing people in the right direction and giving them really great information so that they can determine next steps. So I, I, I'm, I'm going to still stick there on the why, because you were helping a small business. Mm-hmm. You were you were working for this dermatologist and it it was obviously going well. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see it being a situation where they're like, man, you help us grow from 10 to 20, but I'm just <laughs> not I'm not feeling the way it's growing. So you're you're helping a a, a small business and having a significant impact there. Mm -hmm. So why? Well, it was a couple things as to why I left. Number one, there is no more marketing budget anymore, because Mm -hmm. as you can imagine, when you double in size, you have the overhead people, you know, all of those expenses. So the digital marketing wasn't really there anymore. Um, Number two, he wanted the doctor in charge wanted me to go out and meet people in person. And I liked that. But I was driving all over like 17 locations. I was driving all over Central Florida. And I loved doing that. But I really loved the the online, the digital marketing aspect, too. And he didn't really want to focus on that as much as he wanted to focus on the in-person connections. But but entrepreneurship, like. That's kind of crazy. I mean, I know. <laughs> listen, like it could fail, it could succeed. And, you know, I'm being a little facetious right now because I but I know that there are a lot of people that will look at you and be like, yo, I mean, you did it. Just go get another job and do it. And yeah, I know it's hard to get a job, but entrepreneurship is risky. You could lose yeah. it all and so mm-hmm. on. Did you did you have any of those kinds of concerns? I had concerns. Well, one person came to me and they were like, Caitlin, you're going to hire people. You're going to be in charge of people's well-being and, and all of their payroll and everything. And I was like, okay, it's just <laughs> going to be me. Like, let's hold on, please. <laughs> let's back it up. So I had people like that, but I also had a really amazing support system. I I ended up meeting up with this per, this guy that I knew from college and he really helped me put in my two weeks notice because I was doing this on the side, everything was going well. And he's like, well, what, are, what do you want to do? And I said, I, I want to end up leaving and creating a company. And he was like, okay, well, when are you doing that? And I said, I don't really know. So he helped me set that goal, but I just didn't, I wanted to do my own thing. Oh, another thing that I was really hard for me is I'm a very organized person. And there are a lot, like just so many things happening at the dermatologist that I felt like I was ready to kind of go in my own direction and make my own decisions and, and advise people on how I thought was best as well. Okay. I, I, I love it. Okay. So you, you're one of the crazy people. You decide, hey, I'm going to take this risk. I want to build something of my own. I want to yeah. build something where, you know, I can, I can have some more control of the structure and do things in the way that I want to do it and so on. And obviously it's paid off. I mean, you've built a, let's just put it like, let's put it mildly by saying a very successful uh, company. Um, yeah. I want to talk about how. I want to okay. I want to spend the rest of our time assuming this there is someone listening to this right now and this person that's listening to this um, is into marketing they they mm-hmm. get excited about this marketing stuff they've done some maybe for themselves maybe for their friends and family and they have that that thing and they also have that desire to say you know what I'm going to start something offering these kinds of services and I'm going to build it. I'm going to be the next Caitlin Studi. Um, <laughs> walk us through that process. Where do we start? Well, I think you need to, there are so many aspects of marketing. So if you want to create an agency, you have to figure out which part you want to start with. For me, I researched the market where I am and determined that I didn't really see a lot of people going after small businesses. It was mostly going after businesses in general, but I wanted to target the small business. So that was my niche. But I'll tell you in the beginning, I said I did everything. If you would have come to me, I would have figured it out. Yes, I do that. Yes, I do that. Yep. I have experience with that. No problem. (laughs) Oh, man. Did you have those? Okay. So I... 
I was like on the beginning end of something like this, but more with website design. Mm-hmm. Um, back in like the 2003, four or so, because I needed to make some extra money. And whenever a client asked me, hey, can you do such and such? I remember sitting in a, a client's room and he asking me all these things that I'm like, absolutely, we could get it done. Yes. And I knew nothing about what he was talking about. And I went home and I went to Google and YouTube and I figured it out. And by the next time we met, here you go. Uh, yep. did, did you have a lot of those kinds of moments? <laughs> yeah, I remember one logo. So, uh, I don't even know how they found me, but I was so excited. It was a men's jewelry company and they wanted a fox with a little monocle over one of his eyes. <laughs> and I was like, and they gave me examples and, you know, I probably charged, I don't know, $300 for mm. that. And they gave me examples. And I remember, I think it was over a holiday, like November, December time. And I remember sitting at, like, I went home for the holidays, sitting at my family's kitchen. My mom was trying to talk to me. I was like, mom, I can't concentrate. I need to learn how to do illustrator right now. (laughs) And I was in there doing like this, like triangle, trying to get it just right. And like creating this circle and trying to figure out how to carve out the middle for the monocle. Yeah. Yep. Oh man. Okay. So you did everything, but you also, you, you decided to go after small businesses and Mm -hmm. was it just any small business or small businesses that were local to your specific area? In the beginning, it was small businesses that were local to the specific area. But over time, I figured out that our specialty is helping clients who are service-based and who want to reach a local clientele. Mm. So we're really good at local SEO. That's one of our strong suits. So like if a company, let's say a plumber came to us and was like, hey, I live in Atlanta and I want to reach the Atlanta target area, that would be a great introduction for us. So before I kind of helped anyone and everyone, but now I was like, you know what? We do really well at this, so mm-hmm. let's just stick with it. So do you recommend for someone mm-hmm. to to first decide, hey, we do really well at this and stick with that from the beginning? Or do you recommend that they try different things to figure out what they're good at and then use that over time to niche down? What, what, what do you think is a, the best approach there? Well, I'm going to be honest. I didn't know what I was good at when I, when I started like one, I didn't know like which area. So I kind of tested a bunch of things and I was like, you know what? I don't like that. Not doing it anymore. Okay. Don't like that. But you know, another thing that, that I remember from the very beginning was it was really hard to turn people away because I was just trying to make a paycheck. And then (laughs) when I started hiring, I'm like, you know, thinking at the end of the week, like, okay, next week's payroll, how's this going to go? And so I remember in the beginning, it was hard turning away business and I didn't do it often. And that's one of the things I had to teach myself was I love helping people. And one of my friends was like, you know what, Caitlin, you love helping people. So help them by introducing them to someone that can do it better than you and who's more skilled than you are. Mm. Because once I started thinking about that, I didn't feel bad for introducing them to someone that I knew could do a really great job because that wasn't my specialty. I love that. But, but, but here's here's what I also love about it. You're, you're kind of giving us permission to explore. Like, you don't have to have everything figured out. I mean, Mm -hmm. you didn't have everything figured out. I still don't have everything figured (laughs) out. Um, uh, But, you know, you try different things within that area that you want to specialize in and you see what works, see what you enjoy, see where you're effective. And then you kind of fine tune over time. In the beginning, it was Mm -hmm. just local. But then you realize, wait, you know what? We are good at helping service-based businesses. Mm-hmm. And then you started exactly. to focus on that. I absolutely mm-hmm. love that. So figure out which part you want to start with and and then what? And then I would say, well, one of the things that I started doing from the beginning was asking people for reviews, especially if you're going after a local target audience, ask people for reviews, because I'll tell you, it's so much easier to get reviews now than it is to go back. And now after being in five years of business, we have 85 five-star reviews on Google. And people are impressed by that because that's other people telling how their experience was. So asking for reviews is key. 
How do you ask for reviews in a way where it doesn't seem kind of like, hey, hey, can you can you please review my business? <laughs> I, I need a I need an extra review. I'm at six. I need seven. Yeah. Um, how do you how do you do that in a way that um, maintains the integrity of your business while mm-hmm. providing value through the process? Yeah. So what I do is I make it personal and I I ask for rave reviews and I only do it to the customers that I know had an amazing experience with us. And I make sure Ah. I ask them, hey, how was your experience? So I'll ask them for a rave review. And what I'll put in the email is, hi, Leslie, thank you so much for using us for your website project. I'm so thrilled that it came out well and that you're happy with it. I would love if you could leave us a rave review on Google so other amazing customers just like you can help find us online. Here's the link. Thank you in advance. I, I mean, it's, it's <laughs> so wait, you're telling me if you want something, you have to ask for it? <laughs> yeah, you have to ask for it. And then the ending is so key. So the ending is key. Thanks in advance. So mm. that's already assuming that they're going to go ahead and do it for you. I love that. And I think a lot of times we don't think about that because mm-hmm. we just want to help people, right? We just want to yeah. serve people. And if, if mm-hmm. we did a great job, oh, awesome. I did a great job. Now let me move on and do the next great job. Yeah. Um, but taking that time to ask for that review, it gives that social proof, right? It, mm-hmm. it, it lets other mm-hmm. people know, hey, this person is good at what they do. Okay. Yeah. So we figure out what, which part we want to start with, ask people for reviews. Um, I, oh, I feel like there's something missing in between there because in order to ask people for reviews, you got to actually start working with people. So yep. h- how, do we, how do we first get going with you know, getting those initial clients? Yeah, the, the getting going is the hardest part. Mm. So um, I'm coaching one person right now. And what I told them to do was just get really personal on your social sites. So he posted on his personal Facebook page and his personal LinkedIn. And guess what? He got three leads from one post because people were like, dude, I didn't know that you did this. This is amazing. I know how you are as a person. So using your network, that's how I got my first client. I used my network and then that person introduced me to the next person and then so on and so forth. But Also, another thing that you can do, too, is just educate people and tell them don't sell to them. So educate over selling and then people will see you as the industry leader. And then when that item pops up in their mind, they'll come to you. Okay, so it's not like you're saying, hey, you know. I, I am starting a digital marketing agency and I really need some clients. Um, if, can you sign up? And if you know anyone, can you let me know? And that kind of stuff. So you're saying you're not necessarily doing that. Like how, how are you doing it in a way that's educating people, um, uh, not, not directly selling to them? Yeah. So the first post that I think everyone should post is a little bit of a background of why they decided to do this. So sharing your why. So um, like I'm starting a digital marketing agency. I have experience in X, Y, and Z, and my passion is helping companies grow and build and then scale or whatever it should be. And then from there, you can link to your website. And then after that, you should come up with social posts that start educating people. So as an example, hey, everyone knows now I do website design. Did you know that if you put a sidebar form, you can increase conversions by X Mm. amount? By the way, a conversion means that someone reaches out to you because some people don't know what conversions are. So breaking it down into bite-sized pieces, but also relating it back to your audience. Oh, I like this. And, And if I think about it, it works. Because when I, just as an example, decided, hey, I'm going to focus more on coaching, I literally made a, 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 a significant post on Facebook. This was my personal uh, profile. It wasn't my business page or anything of that sort. And I just told about, actually, this is exactly it, why I'm offering coaching and who I serve. And I had a number of people reach out to me and that gave me a significant boost in making the transition to focusing more on coaching. So Mm -hmm. I think we underestimate what our personal network can lead to. And I love that reminder. And I I love that you're emphasizing 
um, educating people, telling them rather than necessarily selling to them. There's nothing wrong mm-hmm. with selling. Mm-hmm. But when they come to, you said at the beginning, know, like, and trust you, mm-hmm. and now they need that service, who, who are they going to reach out to? They're going to reach out to you. Exactly. Okay. So we're getting personal on our social sites. Um, and as we're getting some clients, we are asking for reviews. What else? We're asking for reviews. We're educating them on social, but also I think it's really important to somehow get involved in the networks or the markets that you want to target. So for me, what that looked like was joining networking groups. So daytime networking, and that was where people could understand what I did and then refer me to people that they knew in their network that were looking for that. So nowadays that could still be daytime networking after everything kind of gets back to how it was, or that could be joining groups on Facebook, um, interacting on different writing guest blogs on websites, interacting and looking through hashtags on Instagram and contributing to the conversation. It could be, I mean, guesting on podcasts too and educating people. It's just getting out there and getting in front of your audience and starting to share your message. So it reaches more and more and more. All right. I, I, I like this because it just makes sense, right? The more you yes, you're educating your personal network, but then you're also expanding your personal network mm-hmm. and then educating that expanded personal network. Now you have a bigger pool to pull from. Exactly. Uh, and, and I think what a lot of people do is they put up these websites, they start writing these blogs, they start doing all that stuff that they hear you're supposed to do. And they're like, where, where are the people? I thought if I built it, they would come. And yeah. somehow it's just not <laughs> happening. This is a very proactive approach to actually building your client base. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay. So we're starting to get clients. I'm curious now about the process, mm-hmm. um, the onboarding process, the way we service them and so on. So talk to me a little bit about your onboarding process. And maybe talk to me first about what your onboarding process was like in the beginning. <laughs> and <laughs> Because I know you had a very extensive um, and fine-tuned onboarding process back then. <laughs> And, and we'll contrast that to what it looks like now. Yeah. Even before that, I want to tell you about my sales process too, because oh, yeah, I have us. to tell you, yeah, that this, this helped me so much. So, okay. Let's say 2015 sales process. Hi, thanks for calling South Street and company. This is Caitlin. This would be any time of the day. It didn't matter. <laughs> Hello. How can I help you? <laughs> that was my sales process. Okay. No organization, nothing. I, I even wrote things down on paper. Mm. And then I was like, why do I have all of these pieces of paper that are unorganized? And I don't even know what's going on. So that didn't work anymore. I ended up hiring a sales coach and that totally changed the way that my business ran. Mm. So coaches and mentors are so extremely key and imperative because I would not be where I am today without them. So my sales coach, what he did was he set up a process for me and it looks like this. And it's still our process today. Free 30 minute call. So I have questions that I've already written out that I go through to make sure that the client is a really great fit and that we can help them. So then we move into a second meeting. In the meantime, um, the second meeting normally lasts around 45 minutes. So it's a phone call as well, or a Zoom call. And in the meantime, I do research on their business. And then I take a deep dive into their um, business with more questions. So who are your competitors? What are your goals? What keywords would you like to show up for? How often are you posting on social? What are your expectations? What is your timeline? And all of those questions. And then from there, I create their proposal. So it's three meetings. Sometimes I can do the second meeting and combine that into the first meeting. But the proposal meeting, I never send the proposal to them without having a meeting. And here's why. Because people are so busy in their lives and they don't speak marketing how I speak marketing. It looks so overwhelming to them. So I have a higher close ratio and I don't even know what it was before because I wasn't tracking my close (laughs) ratio, but I can tell you it's higher when I sit down and explain everything to them. So I have a Zoom meeting, I share my screen and I walk through every single section with them. And then I ask them 
if they'd like to move forward. A lot of people have to think about it because in this industry, they get multiple quotes, which I think is smart. They get multiple quotes. And then I make a note to follow up with them and say, okay, well, when would be a good time to touch base? They tell me I put it on my calendar and follow up with them from there. So that's my sales process. Okay. I love this process. Um, it's very, it's very streamlined three 30 minute call. You have your specific questions to see if they're a good fit. Then you do your research. You have a second meeting where you dig a little deeper. Um, and the third meeting is the proposal. What kinds of things are, are going into an actual proposal? Well, I try to answer everyone's questions in the proposal and a lot of feedback that I've gotten is, oh my gosh, this is, I I don't have any other questions because you went over everything. And so I'm always tweaking and editing to make it easier for the customer and the client to understand because if it's easy, then it's an easy decision. So some of the things that I put into the proposal are I walk through an explanation of everything that we're going to do for them. And then I don't call it, I go through to the price sheet. So it's the cover page the table of contents, and then the brand outline or the brand strategy. And then from there, let's say page number four is where I go into the investment. I don't call it pricing because you're investing in your business. So I go over the investment and I have a grid and I have three different plans. I call it the go-getter, the fast or the go-getter, the starter, the go-getter, and the fast track. So it's small, medium, and fast track is you are hitting the ground running and we're doing everything that you can think of. So after that, I also put in the timeline. I put in um, any expectations as far as anything outside of the budget. So ad spend or hosting costs or anything like that. And then I also put a due date on the proposal because everything in marketing changes, every business changes. And so I give them two weeks to get back to me. And then after that, I say prices are subject to change. Oh man. Oh, okay. This is so good. Listen, if you, if you are thinking about starting a digital marketing agency and you didn't stop this and, and, and hit rewind and listen to that again and again and take notes and all that good stuff, you need to actually, you don't need to because I've taken the notes for you. You can go to becomeablogger.com slash three, eight, two, and you can print it out and then take your notes on top of that when you're listening to it again. All right. (laughs) Um, you mentioned something in passing and I want to highlight it um, because it's something that impressed me from the beginning when we had when we had our initial uh, conversation. Uh, you, you, you spoke about the fact that you hired a sales coach and mm-hmm. coaching has been so substantial for you. Why do you why are you so hell bent on getting these coaches? What what's the deal with that? <laughs> you this is like another goosebumps question. Like I love this question. Okay. So I am okay, I'll, I'll tell you where it stemmed from because I wasn't always like this. I was reading the book, um, uh, You Are a Badass with Money, okay, by Jen Sincero. And in that book, she has two, you are a badass and you are a badass with money. And in one of the books, she talks about how pro athletes have all of these different coaches. They have like, um, let's say Usain Bolt. I just watched his documentary, which I love, but he has his coach. He has um, someone else that helps him with massages, with stretching. He has a whole team behind him, a nutritionist. He went and visited someone in Germany to help him. And she's like, all of, if you look at these pro athletes to get them to their peak, like how amazing they want to be to reach their goals, they have so many people surrounding them. So she's like, why are you trying to do business on your own? And I was like, oh my gosh, Jen, I have no idea, but (laughs) I'm going to change it now. (laughs) So after that, I got a business coach, a sales coach and a life coach. And not only that, but I have probably five to six mentors that are in the digital marketing space in Orlando, where I am, that I can turn to at any time. We go after the same types of clients too, but there are so many fish in the sea. Everyone refers to everyone and I can just shoot them an email and say, hey, I'm having this problem. How can you help me? But without these coaches and mentors, I I would have ran into so many more brick walls instead of going around the brick wall than I would have without them. And, and where do you find them? Uh, like, how do you, how do you, like, how do you get to that right person for you, for that particular aspect of your life? Yeah. 
Okay. So the sales coach, um, that one, someone actually introduced me to help him with marketing and then yep. he ended up selling me that I need sales. So <laughs> he's good. <laughs> I was kind of he's backwards. Good. I was like, Oh, okay. You're right. Because I never thought about that. Yeah. You don't know what you don't know. And so I learned and he was like, I'm going to put together a whole program, but with my first coach, it was through the SBDC. And at the time I couldn't really afford to, to hire a coach when I was just beginning. And the SBDC has a ton of amazing resources. So I went there and then as I grew, I started getting coaches that I felt could take me to the next level. Got it. Makes perfect sense. I love it. Okay. I want to talk a little bit. Uh, oh man, we're running out of time and we could go on for 16 hours probably. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about scaling your business because yeah. in the beginning it was just you and now mm -hmm. you have a team. Talk, us, mm -hmm. talk to us a little bit about that process. Yeah. So scaling is, it's all about a balance because you don't want to have too many employees and not enough work, but you don't want to have a lot of work and not enough employees because then you start moving down the burnout track. So um, what you need to do is make sure that you have everything. Well, I, I like outlining everything and tracking everything. So I know if I bring on a client, how many hours need to go into that project. And then I allocate hours per each employee. But in the beginning, I feel like I knew when I needed to hire someone because I started working the hours that I was working with my other job. I started working, okay, staying up late, waking up early just to get everything done. So that's when, because a lot of people ask me, they're like, well, when did you, when did you know that you needed to hire someone? And that's when I knew, but scaling, um, scaling over time, I learned to really rely on programs. It wasn't until I think two years ago that I started relying on programs to help me work better and smarter. And what kind of what when you say programs, what do you mean by that? Yeah. So there's this one program that I always talk about, and it's called Zapier and Zapier. I describe it as the connector program. And I was able to eliminate an admin position because I streamlined all of my processes through Zapier. So I'll give you an example. I use FreshBooks for all of my billing. And whenever I add a new client to FreshBooks, that is the trigger. And the trigger enables other things to happen. So when I add a client to FreshBooks, it creates a project in my project management software. It adds them to my time tracking software. It creates a folder in my Google Drive. It creates a spreadsheet. I have 31 different tasks that it does. On my behalf, I'm not kidding you, 31 different tasks. And that's just one example. Uh, uh, <laughs> okay, I know a lot of people that use Zapier. I use Zapier. And typically when I use Zapier, I have this one thing that's gonna cause one other thing. And I'm like, yo, I am automated. I'm taking over the world. And you talking here about 31 different tasks that Zapier yeah. is handling for you. Yeah, I'm not I'm not exaggerating either. Let me let me tell you about my sales process because we I just took you through the steps. So when someone books a free 30 minute call with me in Calendly, it creates a Google Drive folder and it labels it client's name dash company name. It creates my free 30 minute call template. It creates my second meeting template and it creates my proposal template. Not only that, but it also sends me a reminder to follow up with that person after if I owe them anything or they wanted to see examples. Uh, uh, make note to self, go into Zapier and figure out your entire life. <laughs> that yes. is awesome. I mean, yeah. you just mentioned a, a number of things that could help me in my, you know, me getting clients and what happens when someone books an appointment and all that mm -hmm. stuff. That is awesome. And, yeah. now, and now here's the thing. With all of that being said, guys, we are at the end of the time that we got today. But here's what I know. I Listen, if there is anyone on this planet that could help you to get your digital marketing agency going. It is Caitlin. I mean, 31, I mean, I'm, I'm still on the 30. <laughs> I'm still on the 31 zaps that happen when someone uh, starts with you. That is awesome. 
Caitlin, I know that you do offer some kind of coaching. So can you tell us a little bit about that for anyone on this, uh, listening to this podcast that's thinking, man, this sounds awesome. I know I have the skill. I know I have the drive. I need that guidance so that I can do this the right way. Tell us a little bit about what you have where that's concerned. Yeah. So I have an agency coaching program and that goes over how to streamline your business, going over processes. Another huge thing that I hear a lot is how do I price myself? Mm. That's a huge one too. So I help with that. I help with how to market yourself to your target audience, how to hire. You want to talk about processes. I could go into processes for hiring people too. I have it all set up. So we talk about all of that, but the best part is, is it's tailored to you. I don't have a program that I go down. I don't go through a checklist and check anything off. It's tailored to what each and every person needs. And we meet on uh, every two weeks or so. And I kind of dive in and, and help you grow and help you scale your business. And that's one of my passions. I absolutely love it. And let's say they wanted to take you up on this. Where in the world should we send them? You should go to southstreetmarketing.com and then find my agency coaching page. Just hover over services and it's right there. Or you can send me an email through hello at southstreetmarketing.com. Awesome. Caitlin, thank you so much. That was awesome. Thank you for having me. All right. And hey, if you want to check her out, go to southstreetmarketing.com. Of course, I link to all of this stuff in the show notes, becomeablogger.com slash 384. If you want, listen, if you were driving your car, I hope you weren't taking notes. That's just crazy. That's why I'm I'm here to save your life. (laughs) Go to becomeablogger.com slash 382 and you can get all the details that we, we spoke about in this interview. Man, I hope you got a lot of value from that. And hey, if I'm oh, I'm going to do something that I learned about in this episode. If you are finding value in this podcast, go ahead and leave a review. Head on over to iTunes <laughs> and leave me a review. Let people know the value that you've gotten from this episode and any other episode. That's it. This is Leslie Summer here from becomeablogger.com where we're changing the world one blog at a time. And until next time, Take care and God bless.